Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Dobbenmeyer. <laughs> You know, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. I struggled this morning, got up, had a great night's sleep. I, I prayed specifically last night. I said, Lord, don't, don't, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night. Don't let me wake up in the middle of the night. And I didn't wake up in the middle of the night. So God even answers sometimes those smallest of prayers, you know. And one of the things that we have to be really, really careful of, I have to be really, really careful of, is even though we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, and we are to invade every area of the world. We have to be careful that we don't get entrapped and focused on the world. The world is lost. The world's going to do what the world does. And if we, here's my point. Here's the point where I'm, where I'm going to try to go this morning. Hey, hey, friends, we are in the midst of a spiritual, deep, deep, deep spiritual war that is manifesting itself in the natural realm. We can see it going on. But I want you to know this. This will not be won in the physical realm. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't get involved, we don't get involved with elections. It doesn't mean any of that. Because certainly we have to do that. But until we realize that this is first and foremost a spiritual battle and take it on in the spiritual realm, just, are you looking at me? Just electing a bunch of Republicans in November isn't going to do the trick, friends. <laughs> it isn't going to do the trick. I'm going to Amen. show you something. Where part of what Amen. we're seeing is part of what we're seeing is the judgment of God and the judgment. Listen, listen now. Judgment's a good thing. It's a good thing. We've been taught everywhere you go. You've been taught who are you to judge? Judge now. We're not supposed to judge. No, friends. Judgment is a good thing. Wouldn't America be in a better position today if Hillary Clinton had been judged? If Barack Obama had been judged? If all of these wicked people had been judged, wouldn't wouldn't we be? Judgment is a bad thing for the one being judged, but it's a good thing for those who are impacted by what the bad guy did. Judgment is a good thing. It's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. The goodness, judgment's a good thing. Whom you love, you chasten. Stop doing that, you say to your five-year-old child or your seven-year-old grandchild. Stop doing that. Stop it. Stop it. That's bad. See, we don't don't even say that anymore. We are afraid. We We no longer have elected government, elected officials, bureaucrats, We have no longer have people who will stand up publicly and say, I'm sorry, but that is wrong. We we have guys who go into Washington, D.C. and say, "Um, no offense to my friend across the aisle. What the hell are you talking about? No offense to your friend across the aisle. Your friend across the aisle is spewing lies, spewing death. And we want to reach across the aisle. See, that's what's set up. That's, that's the poison of compromise. And here's the good news or the bad news, depending on how you want to take it. You will not, we will not compromise our way back to goodness. It isn't going to happen, friends. It isn't going to happen. I'm sorry. Took out a bunch of trash the other day. And I've been sitting in a, t- you guys know how it is. It sits in a trash can for three days. You take that lid off. Woo! Knock me back, you know. And then I didn't, you know what I didn't do? I didn't dive into that trash can and see if there's any good things I could pull out of it. So, well, maybe, maybe somebody left a nice shirt in there that I want to wear. Maybe some, no, I said, no, that whole thing stinks. Woo, that whole thing stinks. And what did I do? I took it to the burn pile and I burned it. And that is the only, oh, this, this sounds harsh. But folks, you got to, we, we got to think about the way we live our own lives. 
and the poisonous smell of compromise that invades even your own house. You don't have to say amen, because I know I'm stepping on to the, the filth that you are allowing in your own home. I told Michelle today, she was sitting right there this morning. I'm doing work on the computer, and an email pops up. I didn't know the name, didn't know who it was, and I clicked on it to see what it was, and it was some girl with her tits showing. Some naked girl with her tits showing. Can I say tits? Is that a, is that a uh, tats? Shall you what with her breasts? Full frontal nudity picture pops into my email, and I called Michelle over and I said, "Look, I want you to know if they ever accuse me of doing porn, here's what happens to me. This stuff come this stuff comes in. Now you can't compromise with that. How do you how do you compromise with that? We can't, folks." And that's exactly what we're doing. We are dragging garbage in and through the church and expecting the church to be able to impact the world. And it just ain't working, man. It just, oh, uh, I don't want to get too far. Myra, come on and pray us in. Pray us in if you can, Myra. And, yes, uh, Coach, I will we'll be delighted to do so. It is written, Luke 8, 1 through 17. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Jonah, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stuart, and Susanna, and many others which manifested unto him of their substance. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him, out of every city he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the falls of the air devoured and some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among turns, and the turns sprang up with it and choked it. Another fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit and hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciple asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said unto you, It is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Amen. Now the parable is this, the seed of the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear and cometh the devil and take it away, the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They are on the rock, are they which, when they hear and receive the word with joy, and these have not root, which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among them are they which when they have heard, go forth and go and choke with cares and riches and pressures of life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring it forth fruit with patience. No man, when he have light, a candle, cover it with a vessel or put it under a bed bush. Send up in a candlestick, and they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear, for whoever hath to seem shall be given. And whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. 
Holy Trinity, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Got a busy weekend amen. coming up, Betty. We ready to roll, Betty? Amen. People registered, letting you know they're coming, Betty? Yep, pretty much. We're ready to roll. Excited. Okay. Probably cleaning up and buttering up and everything. So men's retreat. Look, we were a little bit late getting out the, the notice. But the men's retreat Sunday afternoon. Look, hey, friends, if you're close, come. Bring a friend. Bring a, bring, bring a hanger on. Bring a questioner. Get them together with some men. Central Ohio huddle of men. One to four at Sky High. Uh, be there. Be there or be square. And uh, let's dive in. Cool. Anybody for the good of the group before I get too deep into this? Because I'm gonna we're gonna go after it here today. I'm gonna go after it. Anybody? Cool. All right. So look. Hey, hey coach. Uh, got a report from Idaho. Coach, we'll be uh, we'll be out with our friend Juan uh, doing a special couple interviews and uh, shaking things up. So God bless you, team. You're in Idaho. Say hi to Tom Munns. If you swing by Boise, let me know. I'll lock you up with a good guy there in Boise. Good guy. You're probably, you're clear up a quarter lane, aren't you clear up high? Nope. I'm in the land of the blue turf. The Broncos. In I'm in Boise. Are you really? Okay. Well, I'm going to give you, when when, uh, when I get down, I'm going to give you a number of guy. You got to call and go by and see. He's, he's a great, great guy. Tom Munns. Tom Munns. You'll love him. You'll love him. Cool. Okay. So listen, here's our problem. First of all, let me, let me, I got 10, 20 things I want to, I want to get on the table today. Number one, they're coming after Alex Jones because of free speech, friends. Okay, now hang with me. This is crucial. You get this. Uh, Alex Jones didn't kill anybody. Alex Jones maybe hurt some feelings. Alex Jones said, that Sandy Hook was a hoax. Nobody died at Sandy Hook. That's what Alex Jones said, basically. He retracted it, said he was sorry, yada, yada, yada. And uh, they get a judge and a prosecutor who are on the same team, and they, they spank Alex Jones with $42 million in punitive damages for giving an opinion See, he didn't personally call out any family. He didn't, he didn't, stay with me. I'm going to show you something here. Alex Jones was being punished for simply having an opinion and expressing it. Now, if Alex Jones is guilty of saying nobody died at Sandy Hook, how many people are guilty of saying that the vaccines aren't killing anybody? Vaccines aren't killing anybody. Everybody in the media tells you vaccines aren't killing anybody. Doctors tell you vaccines aren't killing anybody. They're just repeating something that they believe to be true. But when Alex Jones does it, because it's against the narrative and they have to shut his mouth, they sue him. Now, the question I have for you this morning is what kind of punitive damages should all of those people in government have who've been lying to us about the vaccines? Do you see, do you see the selective prosecution that's going on? And it doesn't just apply to that, folks. It applies to every area of what we're dealing with. So here's what we've got to ask ourselves. How are, we gonna, how are we, from a political standpoint, voting Republican how are we going to come out of this mess? How's voting Republican going to get us out of this mess? Now, I've, I don't know about you guys. I've, uh, I've been busy, but I spent some time yesterday searching the Internet to see how many of the Republican establishment has come out in support of Donald Trump. Is that anybody know? Can anybody give me uh, five fingers of anybody on the Republican side who's come out in defense of Donald Trump after they, whether you like him or not, whether you like him or not, but if you can selectively, you can selectively uh, mistreat people and get along. Donald Trump, like it or not, was for a long time the quarterback of the Republican team. 
He was the quarterback. Now, for the last two and a half years, well, actually, they fought against him for however long. The establishment Republican team didn't fight for Donald Trump. And here they are, something that was so egregious from a legal standpoint. Crickets. Crickets from the Republican Party. Something going on here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to open your eyes up to something I said at the beginning of the show. We're not going to win this battle politically, folks. This is not going to be a... If you think, oh, we got them, the Republican wave is coming and everything's going to be... Then, you, you, then you're dumber than a box of rocks. Because we know right now that it was the George W. Bush administration. And if I, I could be wrong, but I think George W. Bush had both houses of Congress, I believe, for maybe the first time in like 90 years George Bush had the House and the Senate, and they gave us the Patriot Act. Republicans gave us the Patriot Act, which is what they're using right now to invade your privacy. First Amendment gone. Second Amendment, they're trying to get rid of the Second Amendment. We're now into the Fourth and the Fifth Amendment, searches and seizures and private property, and they're selectively doing it and they get their own judges, and they put their own judges in place, and then they violate the rights of people and take you to one of their bought-off, corrupt, Luciferian judges. That's what government has become. That's where we are. So the only answer to this problem is not going to be electing Republicans. i got to show you this. Hang on real quickly. I'll just show you how deep, deep, deep this is. Which one is it, Spencer? Which one is it? I want you to show number one. Pull number one up there, folks. Guys, guys, know Dick Cheney? You know Dick Cheney, right? Yeah, we know Vice President Dick Cheney. George Bush's Vice President Dick Cheney, the father of Liz Cheney, who's doing everything she can to overthrow Donald Trump. She's the one that's leading the January 6th investigation in the House. Liz Cheney, fighting for her political life. Watch what her daddy came out and said. Slide on down there a second, Spence. Listen to what her daddy said. Okay, folks, consider who this man is, all right? Consider who Dick Cheney is. He was at the, he was at the heart of 911. Listen, I feel like Alex Jones, speaking the truth here, having an opinion. He was at the heart of 911. He was in the control room of the whatever that group they had in, back in the hidden in the room trying to control how they were going to handle this attack. He was at the center of it. He had all the information. Dick Cheney did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Listen to what Dick Cheney said yesterday, three days ago. Go ahead. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who was a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election, and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from a fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. And she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will too. I'm Liz Cheney, and I approve this message. Hey, folks, that is the Republican Party. Do you understand that? Do you understand that Dick Cheney is still the Republican Party? And do you understand that Carrie Lake out in Arizona, Carrie Lake, if you followed it, maybe some of you haven't followed it, maybe you have. She's a former TV reporter who is uh, who just won the Republican nomination for governor. She will win the the governorship. She appears to be a take-no-prisoners approach kind of gal. We really don't know for sure, but you know what she did? She destroyed the McCain base in Arizona. So we're seeing the McCain base of the Republican Party destroyed. We're seeing Dick Cheney sucking on his thumb because the McCain-Bush wing of the Republican Party is being crushed. You get folks, are you picking up what I'm saying? Do you understand what's going on here? Do you understand that here is Dick Cheney? Dick Cheney telling the last the last president of the United States shouldn't be president of the United States. Can you imagine? Can you even think of some of the scoundrels who've held the job of president of the United States? Cheney didn't speak out against them. George W. Bush didn't speak out against them. 
You judge a man by his enemies, right? Judge a man by his enemies. Now, look, look, here's where I'm heading this morning. There's no political solution to this problem. No political solution. There isn't. It's a spiritual issue. Evil spirits in high places. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This is Psalm 2. The kings of this earth are conspiring against the Lord and against his anointed. And if you don't understand this, I try to tell you this every day when we come on here. This battle is not Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal. It was the devil against God's people. That is what's going on, friends. That's what's going on. We're not going to win this politically. We will not win this battle politically. Now, I'm going to, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I don't want to get behind myself because I know when I start talking about this stuff, see, they've weaponized speech. They've weaponized speech. They've weaponized it. They can use it however they want to do it, right? They can call all of us insurrectionists. But BLM and Antifa, well, they're just, I don't know, they're just protesters. Words mean things, friends. And I'm seeing right now they have a, they have a, they have a wordsmith battle going on in, in uh, the media about they don't, want to, they don't want to say Donald Trump was raided, which is what he was. His house was raided. By the way, if they can raid Trump's house, you think they can't raid yours? They raided his, they don't want to use that. No, no, no. They want to use the term investigated. Here's the great thing. I just saw today. I, I, I didn't throw it up there. 10%, 10% of Americans think Joe Biden is competent and running the, running the country. 10%. Folks, that includes Democrats, right? So we have to be very, very careful. Let, let, me, let me show you an illustration, okay? I don't know if you can see both of my hands. So let's say we start out right here, okay? And then all of a sudden, they come, the left comes in, and the left takes the country. They take the country clear over here. They start putting, they, they, they give us gay marriage, and they give us all these things, and they start taking us over here, over here, over here. And all of a sudden, the Republicans said, well, let's fight back. So the Republicans fight back. They fight back, and they start coming back, and they're coming back, and all of a sudden, we're here. And we think, oh, we won, we won. And then the Democrat, uh, the, uh, the Luciferian left starts pulling us back farther and farther and farther and farther and farther. And then we win a little battle. We fight back and said, oh, we win. Look, we're, we're gaining ground. See, we were clear back here. We were here at one point. And they keep moving the line. And we come back. And then we try to fight back to get a little bit of territory back, a little bit of territory. And they do more. They hire 87,000 IRS agents. What do you think they're for? What do you think those IRS agents are? Are they going to go after Trump? Are the IRS agents going to go after Bill Gates? Are the IRS? No. Come on, man. Come on. So we have to understand what it is that we are fighting against. And until we understand that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, it's not political, although we have to use politics, until we understand that the battle is at its very heart, the seed of the serpent against the seed of the woman, we're not going to understand the battle and we're not going to be able to win the battle. So I'm trying to gird you up for if they can do this to the president of the United States, boys and girls, think what they can do to us. IRS agents coming in, peeking, looking at every receipt that you ever had, right? Huh? Inflating the money. Oh, the devil's a liar. All right, let let me. uh, What time is it? All right. Come on in, Dale. Well, brother, let me. Let me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 come on in. Come on. Brother, I just want to sing you a little song, maybe a new theme song, right? That old classic. I got clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Because, brother, that's exactly what it is. Dick, Dick Cheney and his daughter and the rest of these Republicans, they do nothing. It's the same scenario. Oh, gas price is down 50 cents. Yeah, right. It's up $2, right? And when we look at the Republican Party, where was it birthed from? You remember the Whigs. Brother, let me tell you what. Donald Trump, the only thing that that Donald Trump had to run on the Republican Party in order to get in the White House. But what he should do is start a different party and just absolutely obliviate, blow up the Republican Party because it's worthless. Let me ask you this, folks. Alex Jones. I'm looking at my notes here. 
Who did Alex Jones damage? So, well, he hurt the feelings of those people at Sandy Hook. He hurt their feelings. What? He hurt the, he libeled them. No, 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 no. He said, no, no. He hurt their feelings. Well, I wrote some names down here. Uh, Alex lied, they said. Alex has lied, got to pay a lot of money. Uh, I wrote down some notes. Ain't doctors lie? Ain't doctors been lying publicly? Has Fauci lied? Have the politicians lied? Has the media lied? Media says no one's dying from vaccines, which is worse what Alex Jones said or what the media's saying. Lies, lies, it's all lies, it's all lies, it's all lies. Jeff, come on in. Then my uh then Brett. Coach, that coach is, that commercial's been running with Dick Cheney. The other night, last night I think it was a guy on Newsmax. And I don't know if Liz Cheney was previously married or married to this guy, but he is in representation. He's an attorney for Hunter Biden. I got for it right here on my phone. Yeah, Liz Cheney's like, hey. husband works for the law firm that represents Hunter Biden. Liz Cheney's husband works for the law firm that's representing Hunter Biden. What a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. Brett, come on in. Yeah, Coach. I'm just... This uh, 87,000 agents, you know, these these might not be uh, pencil pushing, paper pushing agents. These could be agents that from the Marine Corps, from special operations. Brett, they're storing up ammunition. The IRS is buying ammunition, Brett. Exactly. Put it together. Exactly. Yep. Boy, oh boy, yeah. Get some Republicans in there. We'll be okay, right? And by the way, I said this before the show. I didn't know if you guys know this or not. The FBI was created by an executive order. The FBI was never created by the U.S. Congress. There you go again, right? And they've become the enforcement arm of whoever's in power. And unfortunately, the devil's in power right now. So they've become the enforcement arm. And what I saw, what I saw yesterday, again, you mean to tell me there's not one not one, well, maybe there were some, but those FBI agents, 150 of them, I think I saw, 150 agents, nobody went to the boss, I ain't doing this. I ain't doing this. Why? Because we've gotten away from truth. I'm going, to get, I'm going to get there, I promise. Go, Glenn. Yeah, it's, it's obvious that the uh, Republican Party ha- does not back Trump at all. The, the only thing that I saw, I, I didn't see anybody on the Senate uh, or the House side on the, on the Republican Party, with the exception of Kevin McCarthy, who made this milk toast threat to Merritt Garland, uh, stand up for Trump. That's so what I'm saying. Again, What's going on? Not, hey, Glenn, stand up for us, brother. Stand up for us. If they can take away from the president of the United States this Fourth and Fifth Amendments, you think they care about you, dude? No way. No way. No, we'll use that. They'll use that as precedent. Now say, well, they even did that to the president of the United States. Of course, they have the right to look at your personal whatever's your personal right. Oh, my. Wake up, folks. Dr. Paul and Sheila. Morning, Coach. Yeah, they uh, not weaponize free speech. They weaponize the truth um, without yeah. question. You know what I've been through. And uh, <laughs> I yeah. look very carefully, okay? I that's what I do as a medic. We were mass casualty physicians, basically. We were the first line people there. That was not a mass casualty situation. That was a hoax. It was a hoax. And is anybody going to have a trial for that? Let's hope they do, Paul. But it's not going to come from the Republican Party because they're being bought off by the same thing. Bless you. Sheila, come in. FBI, created by J. Edgar Hoover, who was in his early 20s. From Germany, no town, no no province, no anything, just Germany. Just like Warren Wilhelm, who changed his name three times to get out of the Kaiser Wilhelm mine, to look like an Italian, made his name de Blasio in New York. Same game, same people, same location, everything the same. Came in, created FBI out of nothing, created the first intelligence arm. It became coordinated with the CIA when they brought in Operation Paperclip. These guys knew what they were doing, put themselves in position. His family's from Germany, no town, no anything, no records, no background, nothing. And he ran the FBI and controlled everything in this country and the people and kept files on all of the people. 
until the Monday morning when he'd already been there almost 50 years, went home, died during his sleep, didn't come to work on Tuesday. His entire career from his early 20s was creating the FBI. Mm. The FBI is on Knights of Pythias land that our government granted to them when our government created the FBI. They created Knights of Pythias in 1864, right at the end of the Civil War. Knights of Pythias land granted to them is includes the two blocks the FBI building is on. Mm. Sounds like that the place. FBI building. We need to stake that place. <clears throat> it's already it's already boarded up. It's empty. That's what's going. That's what's going on. And anybody that used to follow the cue board, the cue board said, "Trust Ray. Ray is a sleeper." Now they couldn't always give information. Sometimes they had to give misinformation. But there is no Ray that Ray has gone to all the offices, learned all these things, known everything that's going on and says he doesn't know what's going on when he's in front of Congress. So, so you're, you're saying Ray's a good guy? They said that trust Ray, he's a sleeper. But not all information is information. They have to also give misinformation yeah. and disinformation because the enemy is listening. The enemy is watching. All of these internet locations, all of these interviews, they're listening to see what's going on, to know how to operate around us or to us or through us and that's why what you've been saying this morning matches with exactly what they did back in the original structure of the law in this nation the native americans and the pilgrims met together mm. they both believed in the truth in the bible they met together with their peers around them as witnesses listened to the stories of the man that they thought was guilty and the man who may or may not be guilty, and listened to absolutely everything. And in hearing the truth amongst them, that's how the court decisions were made. According to the law, a lawyer, not an attorney under the bar, under the kingdom in the United Kingdom, mm -hmm. our guys have been under that, our money has been under the crown, our attorneys have been under the crown, and it's all been controlled above us in secret societies that we didn't even know if they were changing everything. So that's why yesterday, right after we cut off the recording, I shared with one of the people that was going to have an audit, do not be alone. Said his wife would be there. Do not be alone. Invite your friends. The key thing is don't let them in your house. Invite them around to the backyard. Have 10 or 12 peers who are your witnesses observing everything going on. Don't meet with these people alone. Don't be Amen. isolated. Amen. Don't, don't, be so don't be so yeah. concerned about telling them the truth because they're not going to bring the truth to your house. They're not coming to your house to bless you. They may say they're Christian. Everybody in the secret societies still tells people they're Christian. They're still Amen. in the churches. The majority of them are the deacons of your church, the elders of your church. Well, see, you, you okay, see, this is where I'm heading today. This is, amen, amen. This is where I'm heading. If I get to it, all right, stay with me. Boy, the Holy Spirit's amazing, isn't he? Holy Spirit's unbelievable. Jonathan, come on, and then Mark. Well, I, I go back as you, we, we can get into a lot of the minutia of, um, you know, what they're trying to do and who's good, who's bad. Like, I don't think that's Dick Cheney. That's just my opinion. Um, but. What Myra read was the parable of the sower. Right. And there's so much packed into that there in is. terms of what we're talking about. Because who is the planter? Who is the word? And, and what is the soil? So what hmm. I'm going to basically say is if we're not focused on the hearts, if we're not focused on planting the seed of the word of God as sowers, if we're not casting out God's word, how can we expect change or if the word is not the seed we're sowing, how can we expect any crop at all to last? Right. Amen. Amen. It's, Amen. The last, Amen. it's the last thing we use. 
It is. It's oh my goodness. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. I'm looking for a link here. Good word, Jonathan. Mark, come on in. Yeah, I wanted to bring up again. I keep harping on this, but I think it ties in, and it's super, super important. We're an English colony, a prison colony, under the rule of Europe. Okay, why would our law system be under a United Kingdom bar process if not to legislate or, or to enforce law from England? I mean, this is so clear, Coach. All right, we adopted England's losses because it was cool. No. It was pushed down through George Washington and all of the rest. Yes. We adopt. So this is an English colony, and if we start fighting the battle like kings against servants and laborers who were outside the system, laborers were the contract workers who went to battle. So if we start looking at it like an English battle, we are going to understand their strategies more. It don't make sense us being American and free and them doing all this stuff. But if you look at it under a king and highway bandits tax, tax, you know, people on the highways taking money from eggs and chickens from people walking by. I mean, that's what we are up against right now. It's so clear. It is a different way of fighting though. It's a different way of fighting that kind of battle. Yes, we have to know the truth because the truth will make us free. It's the only way we can fight that battle Amen. is fight it with truth. Pull up for me, uh, John, or who is that Spencer sitting behind the thing? Pull up for me number four. Four. Because I want to take, take you a little bit of Second Peter 2, okay? This jumped all over me this morning. Jumped all over me. But I'm going to read a little bit of it, and then I'm going to uh, jump to the Message Bible because the message Bible, look, the Message Bible uh, puts it in everyday language. It may not be specifically biblically accurate, but it gives you a different perspective from everyday language, okay? But this is the King James Version. But there were false prophets also among the people. Jonathan, you were talking about reading the Bible, and we were talking about what we just read, right? What is the seed? What is the soil? These are questions we have to ask ourselves when we read the scripture. Just don't read it linearly. Ask yourself, false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately or privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. The way of truth shall be called evil spoken. Do you understand this, folks? They're calling good evil and evil good. And through covetousness shall they with Fake words make merchandise of you. Make merchandise? Hey, Spence. Merchandise? What is that? Make merchandise of us? The objects of commerce. Wares, goods, commodities. Whatever is usually bought or sold in trade. But... Provisions daily sold in the market. Horses, cattle, fuel. That's what David Paxton is talking about. And uh, Randy, when they're talking about authentication, we have become what? Merchandise. We are merchandise, folks. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels, this gives me hope. For if God scared not, uh, spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell and delivered them under the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example unto all those who should live ungodly and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Look at this, lawful and unlawful. It's all throughout this scripture. 
The Lord knows how to deliver. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be Hey folks, they're going to get their fill, man. They're going to get what's coming to them. It's coming to them. Chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. We will not have this Jesus reign over us. Presumptuous are they self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Dignities mean holy and righteous thing. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, Bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to write in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you better feast on you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children for have forsaken the right right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. They love the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. There are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live. In error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he bought, brought into bondage. I'm going to stop right there. It goes on and on and on and on because I want to go back to number uh, six. Click on number six. That's probably not what I'm looking for. That's probably not what I'm looking for. Oh, daggone it. The ways of Balaam. The ways of Balaam. Google it. The ways of Balaam. Where is it? I had a good link to it. Ah! Somebody come in. Come on in, Judah, while, while, while I'm looking for it here. Coach, you guys nailed it. Obviously, in football, I speak through analogies because to win a game – a coach and his staff needs to understand their opponent. Your opponent, if you go in with no game plan, can you win the game? Lucky if you are. If you, if you get lucky, you might. No. No. The answer is no. What happens is <clears throat> weeks, week before, typically a good coach or staff, we'll talk about college football, Coach Saban, you would have people go out and scout, break down film, and understand the depth chart, the ones mm. and the twos, and the key positions of each and every player and their their potentials and what they're capable of doing and, and how they can blitz and how they can do all these things. The point of the message is, is that a program has a roster. If you don't know the roster of your opponent, you are dead in the water. When it comes to the, the kingdom in Christianity, if we don't know the Bible and we don't know our opponent, the, the deceiver, then we're dead in the water. We have to educate ourselves. So as we're looking at this game plan laid out, of what they're trying to do against us here in the United States and against the, in the world, they're after the body of Christ. They're after his image. We are, we are created in his image. So the UN, for example, um, just an example, some of these federal buildings, if you look at Liz Cheney, Dick Cheney, Henry Kissinger, Republican, 
Republicans. They're, Republicans. They're on a depth chart, which is called, in their program, the Gerald Ford Foundation. The Gerald hmm. Ford Foundation, they're listed. If you go on their website, all the names are listed in their roster for the UN purpose of their new world order. And if anyone wants to see those names, Liz Cheney is on there. Now, if you look at the opponents, for example, Carrie Lake, the person who ran against her, uh, Miss Hobbs, it says in the posts, the Q posts, follow the money. Well, guess what? If you follow exactly who funded those campaigns or exactly who funds Liz Cheney or exactly who funds Dick Cheney, follow the money will take you exactly to those people. And it is no, it is no, uh, no key, it is no uh, uh, coincidence that the f- money, <laughs> these funds, are exactly who the people are, is that people need to find out who they are. And we can run our, our game plans and do what we need to do. But isn't it a coincidence they all lead right back to federal buildings like the CIA and the FBI? <clears throat> So we need to understand our game plan, understand our opponents. And like Sheila said, you know, we need to identify those things and understand them because they're real. And for anyone who ignores those things, I just pray that Father is able to open your eyes to the heart, Lord, and have Father show you um, so you can be equipped in the days that are coming and know where you stand. Know your opponent. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We're talking about, as I, as I said, go back to that scripture if you could real quick. Then I want the way of Balaam back up there. If you go back to that scripture. Folks, right, it, it tells us right in the very, <clears throat> are you, folks, we're not going to win without, we're not going to win without a revolution in the pulpit. We either need to win the pulpit over or uh, take it over. I'm Amen. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's where the real insurrection needs to take place, in the American pulpit. I I cannot believe, I continue to be amazed at the... How long did you... Folks, how long did you live in shallow Christianity? How much of your life has been nothing but mealy-mouthed, shallow, nothing Christianity? 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years? What was it that woke you up to the idea that we're in a spiritual war and that the what we get that the Bible is full of military type words, weapons of our warfare, wrestling not. It's everywhere you look, tearing down, rooting out, plucking up. It's all through the scriptures. How many of you lived your life in complacent, cowardly, costless Christianity? And I'm going to tell you that's where 95% of Americans live. They go to church every Sunday and are not impacted in any way, shape, or form or challenged in any way, shape, or form to do anything outside of their comfort zone. It's just not not done. It's just not. And so when I come on here and I rant and rave, and you guys are awake. I get it. You guys are, well, some of you, most of you are awake. But the average person you're hanging out with isn't. They don't get it. They don't get it. How many men are we going to have show up on Sunday? Five, ten? I mean, what? What? I don't know. Maybe it'll be 500. Maybe it'll be 1,000. I don't know. I don't know. But we're not going to win this thing without combative, I'm sorry, confrontational Christian men. Not going to happen, boys and girls. Not going to happen. Now, I threw up there on the screen because we just read there in Second Peter where he talks about the ways of Balaam. Wait, hang on. But there were false prophets among the people back then even as there shall be false teachers among you today who privately bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, bringing themselves self-destruction, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Yeah, And through covetousness shall they use fake words, make merchandise of you, keep putting money in the collection thing. Oh, Lord, I feel it this morning. Then it gets down there and talks about the ways of Balaam. Pull that up for me, Spence. Ways of Balaam. Way of Balaam. Peter warned against the way of Balaam. Jude against the error of Balaam. 
and John against the doctrine of Balaam. There's the three links you have. God evidently considers these warnings necessary and appropriate for Christians even today. Yet Balaam, in his day, was a genuine prophet, possessed great knowledge concerning God, and even received direct revelations from God. What, therefore, were his way, his error, and his doctrine? The way of Balaam was a readiness, are you listening? To prostitute his high spiritual gifts and privileges for the wages of unrighteousness. He was willing to preach something contrary to God's word for personal gain. It's way of Balaam. Our pulpits are full of it. Then there was the error of Balaam. And the error of Balaam was evidently his willingness to compromise his own standards of morality and truth in order to greedily to accommodate those of his pagan patrons. Compromise is the error of Balaam. And finally, the doctrine of Balaam, which even in John's day was already infiltrating the church, was use his own teaching authority to persuade God's people that it was all right for them also to compromise these standards, even to commit fornication with their idol worship enemies. No wonder Micah urged God's people to remember Balaam and his tragic end. So we have what? The way of Balaam? right? We have the doctrine of Balaam, and we have the, uh, my brain went dead. Anyway, you get it? Balaam is compromise. Error. And you don't have to read very long and very hard while we just read to point at the American pulpit. Somebody give me a thumbs up or say amen. Well, yeah. that's amen. The amen. That's the Ooh, problem. Amen. amen. That's the problem. The doctrine of Balaam is compromise. The error of Balaam was to do it for personal gain, not make waves. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Come on in, Craig. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got curious. Before right now, how many of you could have told somebody what the way of Balaam was? Well, they ain't going to tell you the way of Balaam because they're in it. They're not going to tell you what it is. Go ahead, Craig. Well, it's even it's a little bit deeper too than that because Balak was a king of Beor and he was a Balm worshiper, and Balaam was called to curse Israel, and he couldn't do it. He could not curse the people. So what he did do is it, that he would uh, incite the word to do it in a more subtle manner, manner, and that is he would persuade Moabite and Midianite women to seduce many Hebrew men, not only in sexual acts, but worship the God of Baal in ritual prostitution, because he put them on the other side of the river. And what would happen is, is the Hebrew men started to see these scantily women, and they started having sexual relationships, even to the point that it led up to over years and years and years that the, it happened in the t- door, in the tabernacle door. Remember, they were having rit- Baal ritual things happening. Yeah, right. So, what happen, What happens is, is, is Satan knows if God's people are doing the right thing, he can't, he has no power over them. But he, if he infiltrates them through years and decades, and it comes amongst the people and in the church, God <coughs> himself brings the judgment. God yeah. judges the people. And so, therefore, he, he gets victory because now he can come in and clean up after God brings judgment. Amen. And so that, that's the way of Balaam leads to that. The way of folks, we, are you looking at me? We should beg God for judgment. We should beg God for judgment. Please, Lord, bring your judgment. It's the only way we're going to get this thing right. It's the only way. And we need, as hard as it is, listen, 
We need to count, we need to call out those men who are standing in the pulpit, who are walking in the ways of Balaam. What was it? Compromising the gift. Number one, right? Prostituted your gift, compromised it. Compromised the standard of morality. And finally, was uh, willingness to compromise your own standards of morality. And finally, the doctrine of Balaam, even in John's day, was infiltrating the church, was to compromise and use his own teaching authority to persuade God's people that it was all right for them to compromise as well. Compromising and teaching others to do it as well. Jack. Well, all I can say is, wow, Coach. I, that's You just taught me something I had never seen before, and it is incredible. That is an incredible tool that we need to use. But guess what? As soon as you use that, in the church, you will be labeled the false that's, prophet. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. where we are. That's where we go every time. If you say, no, 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 there's a difference between legal and lawful. No, no, you're a false prophet. No, 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 you're causing division. <clears throat> I could go on for an hour, but well, I just because, sent you a link to somebody that right? back Trump. Hey, folks, I want yes. as, as much as compromise. Yeah. Wrong word, coach. Wrong word. Listen, you and I. You and I, as righteous men, can compromise on a righteous argument. Amen. But you cannot compromise with evil, because once you get that drop of tea in my coffee, I can't get it out. Don't put the damn drop in my coffee. <laughs> Amen. The error of Balaam was his willingness to compromise his own standards of morality to go along to get along, folks. That's the first error, right? Oh, my goodness. Revelation 2015. Come on, that's Jerry. Come on, Jerry. Wes, who is that? You got it right. It's Wes. Come on in, Wes. I just want to say today was a great show, honestly. I had no clue about the error of Balaam, and now I kind of understand it a little bit more because of today's show. You can see it everywhere, can't you? We can see it everywhere, Wes. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And uh, like I said, I've been in church my whole life. I never heard a sermon on it, I don't think. Blessings. Jonathan. So this is a word of encouragement. Jesus was talking to his disciples, the Pharisees had come against uh, his teaching. And he said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind And if the blind leads, this is America right now, the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. They're headed for the ditch. ditch. We can be so confident. If we're on the word of God, if we're declaring the word of God, which is eternal, we we already won in that respect if we hold on to, to his truth and then we focus on the hearts of men. That's what God wants us to do, to focus on the hearts of men. Amen. I pray for judgment. I pray for judgment. I pray for it. I want to. I want an honest referee. I pray for judgment. I want an honest judge and an honest attorney. We should all pray for judgment. Mark. Yeah, I was just going to mention the. Uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, Nimrod. Uh, Balaam was blessed by God. He started off with blessings and gifts. That's the same thing with Nimrod. He was a great and mighty hunter. What did Nimrod go and do? Nimrod's associated with becoming Baal, with becoming mm. a Baal worshiper, with becoming the king of, of uh, the sun god, and then having a divine inception with Tammuz. Tammuz Compromising is the Tammuz is the reason they went to the temple that Craig mentioned. Morning Tammuz was to worship Baal to bless their crops the moon god and and the sun god reborn. All of this is about God blessing us and then we go astray and we use his gifts against him. It happened with Balaam and it happened with Nimrod. How many other cases? Look at America. Isn't that what happened? We were blessed to get out from under the king's rule, but we we did it under a deception. You know, still with ties to England, and then we go and sell D.C. coach to some foreign group of people. 
Yep, yep. So all of this is us being like Balaam as a country, right? Amen, amen. Pray for judgment, folks. I bet I yeah, don't hear message. that. Huh? Great message, great message. Judgment need, keeps us on our toes. Judgment need, is what keeps us on our toes. Fear of the Lord is the beginning. Toes. That's right. We're off right. our toes. That's right. Because if I was fearful of judgment, I wouldn't do some of the stuff I do. Lord, bring your judgment. That's Amen. why we need to see. That's why, listen, we need to see public executions again. We need these people. Everyone needs to see the fear of the Lord. That's what they need to see. This is what happens when you betray the people, when you betray the Lord and you betray the people. This is what you see. Janine, quickly. Mark, Mark hit it right on the head, guys. Sun worship. What is Sunday worship? It's the worshiping the sun god. Well, there's your judgment on America. God never sanctified any other day. You show me in the word of God where he sanctified Sunday, and we will have true judgment. Craig. Quickly. Numbers, numbers 31, coach. Just tell people to read Numbers 31 because it talks about Moses getting up killing the kings and Balaam loses his life. Numbers 31. Compromise is poison, boys and girls. It's poison. See you tomorrow.